Welcome back to the TNT BNB podcast. On these episodes, we'll be bringing in a guest host to discuss certain categories of movies. Categories such as movies around the world, franchisees, and genre. Certain directors, actors, actresses, and so much more. So sit back, mix a drink, and enjoy. Listener beware, we will be spoiling the shit out of this. Here we go again. We are back with a new franchise. And this franchise is going to be a little different than what we have done previously because... It is following a character, <coughs> but the character is played by multiple actors. Which I like. I like this idea. I do. Just yeah. I do, too, especially after watching this movie, because it had been a while since I had seen it. Almost 20 years for me. But we are going... Same here. To, yeah. We're doing the Jack Ryan movie series, the first one of which is The Hunt for Red October. Dun, dun, dun. This came out in 1990. Has an IMDb of 7.6, a Metascore of 58, and a Rotten Tomato score of 88% tomato meter, 88% audience. It had a $30 million budget domestically, yep. $122,012,643. Jeez. Worldwide. $200,512,643. Well, these are 90s numbers. You know, yeah, people got to yeah, remember that. This is 90s numbers, people, you know. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Crazy. That's a big yeah. poll. It's directed by John McTiernan. Written by Larry Ferguson, Donald E. Stewart, David Schaber, who's uncredited apparently. Based on the novel by Tom Clancy. Now I did when I when when I looked at this, um, just because I was looking at a few things. Oh, we gotta get into our drinks. Sorry, yep. I was just too excited. I was too <laughs> excited. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. So uh, I'll I'll give you two guesses as to what we're drinking. Yeah. McMaster's and diet. We almost pulled out the um the whisk or the, the single barrel single barrel, but then I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's save it for another one. Okay. I mean, we might as well. Um, I actually with five bottles of champagne and plenty to make mimosas. I am drinking a mimosa. There is, it happens to be a case of Corona that doesn't work next, but I also had, um, I had a glass of wine earlier today, but the mimosa is going down really nice at the lighthouse right now. <coughs> yeah, so, totally enjoying that. So, yeah. So I'm guessing you've read the books. The books, and you know, just to point the fact out that Tom Clancy is such a prolific writer. I mean, just to even remotely go through his. I hope you're breaking up a little bit. Okay, just to go through his catalog of, you know, movies is crazy. I mean, not movies, oh, but books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many. I mean, he is so prolific in his writing. I mean, and for a series, this this took him a while to do this whole series when he wrote these series. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there's five total movies, but there are 15 books in the series. I just happened to look that up beforehand. Which, you know, you kind of wonder why they decided to make the five that they decided to make. 
Yeah, and but, that's that's the interesting thing because this was actually the first book that he wrote in the series. Mm-hmm. And then they skipped, I think, one, and then went into Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, and then there were a bunch, and then Some of All Fears, and then everything else I don't think was made. No, it wasn't. I don't. It wasn't. So yeah, it definitely. You're. It's. It's got a good premise. I mean, and you can see where I think I don't know want to say. I honestly don't think I've read all the books. Do you know what I'm saying? I think I've read the majority of them. Okay. Um, once again, it's been a while since I've even seen most of these. So watching them again is quite. It's going to be an adventure. I'm looking forward to it. You know. Definitely. But, but I honestly, if I remember correctly, I feel almost like they did choose the best ones to make. Well, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. This one was about the Russians and what we're going through right now, too. Like, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, this is yeah. It's this is arguably be one of the best. Sunday. Oh, broke up. Okay, I got. I'm gonna walk outside with the door. So, here we go. Bear with me. Of Kelsey's. See if it works. Is that better out here? Yeah. That's okay. Then, then we're good. Then. Um, good. We're good then. I have to say, with this movie, it's visually stands out. Like it stands like it to the today's like thing. Like it was visually for nineteen ninety. That was great. Like it didn't oh, yeah. age at like it didn't age badly. Is the best way to put it. Well, it did win an Oscar for uh, effects. Did it? Sound effects <laughs> editing. It was also nominated for sound and editing. Which, honestly, I think it would should have been nominated for best screenplay adap- adaptation because it's a lot to like take a bestseller like that and convert it into a screenplay. Well, and then let's yeah. do a shout out to Sean Connery. I love him as an actor. Yeah, and he... I think this is the first time we're talking about him. Just let you know. Oh, it is actually. It really is. Mm-hmm. He is one actor that has I don't know I guess he's one that plays similar roles ish like that mystery rough edge yeah you know what I'm trying to get yeah. with yeah diamond in the rough yeah and he was James Bond wasn't he, he was yeah. the first James Bond yeah. yeah like shit like and then we had the stupid George Lazenby and then we had Everything and then him back again, you know. Yeah, yep. but Sean Connery is a boss. He is a great actor, and I have to say, he's very underrated in Hollywood. Like now, like like all the, I guess anybody under twenty five, twenty seven, if you bring up Sean Connery, they're like, what? What did he do? He died two years ago. Um, I did. I want to say two years. About two years. Yeah, he did die. Mm. Two years ago. I'm thinking it's two. You know, COVID tends to like 
blend everything yeah, together. I don't even know what happened the last three years. I'm trying to yeah. pull it up right now. Yeah. But at the same time, we're talking about Sean Connery also. But once he died again, on Halloween of 2020. Okay. Two years ago, yeah. Right during the cove. So let's talk. I mean, we're not only we're talking about him because he's headlighting this cast. This cast the is, cast is probably, enormous. Yeah, it, it's a who's who on the 90s or whatever you want to call it. If you can't, yeah. Sam Neill, Stellan Skarsgård, Scott Glenn. Tom Curry, Courtney B. Vance. It is like the list just goes on. I mean, you if you don't know who these people are, I mean, they like dominated the 80s and 90s without a doubt. Absolutely. Oh, exactly. Like the, mm-hmm. okay, I know you said some names, but I can't remember the guy's name specifically, but like the guy that said he talked to the president who was in um, Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon as a Russian. That was mm-hmm. the consulate guy yeah um and then he you said bill and he was a bogus journey bonus bogus journey but with this movie and lethal weapon he plays like the same like dirty russian he was a south african in lethal weapon oh he was south african (laughs) well you know it's okay i forgot that he was south american but no, yeah, we got he played a, he played a dirty politician. I guess is the best way to put it, because he wasn't political, but he had it. He was a consulate there, so like he kind of like the same roles is how I kind of looked at it. Okay, he's best known as a villain or bad guy. Yeah, but I guess you know when you look at it, when we're talking about you know choosing the cast you know whoever was the casting director for this and choosing alec baldwin you know they chose him in 1990. yeah okay well, so be, well not 1990 they must have chosen him in like 88 let's be honest here because right. they're like you know because you know filming production even in 87 and that was at the height of coming off of beetlejuice the height of his career later on two or three years later after the i want to say after the filming of this and the release of this, Alec Baldwin had all the controversy with Kim Basinger and all that. You is know, that he, why? Is he, that why they moved <laughs> off of him for the other ones? That's what I was thinking. You know, I, was, I tried to look that up a little bit more because I was trying to like scope it out, and that's why I think they went with Harrison Ford. Their Harrison Ford was never their first choice because he was already attached to too many other franchises. Yeah. I, I could see that for sure. Like, um, I got pulled it up here. No one wanted. Um, some people thought it was going to be a flop because, you know, and then even Sean Connery was actually a last-minute replacement. Klaus Maria Brandauer was supposed to be the initial. Which would not uh, have been the same. I don't think it would have been the same. No, like, Sean Connery is a, is the iconic role to this. Like he he's Sean Connery. Like yeah. he is the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just you know you know you got to look. It is you got to think about the whole entire thing that they're doing here. They're setting up this whole Russian thing, rogue thing going on defecting i mean are we 
I'm assuming most people have read or seen this movie. You know, I don't want to be that person that ruins it for oh, them. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah you know what I'm saying. Seen this or heard about it? Yeah, yeah well, pretty much. You you know you know the you know it. Um, and he's getting shipped. But but to set up the scope of this, they actually had the whole entire U.S. Navy cooperating. They had, and this is right after the Berlin Wall came down. They even had some Russian, them helping out too. And it's it's a lot to deal with because we're coming off a Cold War here, coming off of Ronald Reagan, the yuppie years, and all of a sudden we're seeing the defectors and seeing what had to happen because this is actually set in 1984. Right, but even when the movie came out, the USSR hadn't fallen yet, had it? Yeah, it had. Oh. 1980, it was starting to fall. It was 1989 when it started to fall. The actual parts of the Berlin Wall were coming down right around, I want to say, 89, if I think correctly. Was it tear okay, that I, wall down, Reagan? Tear that wall down because it was Reagan. Yeah. It was Reagan who said it because it wasn't George Bush, and George Bush took office in 190. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dating yeah, myself but here, the totally. dissolution of the Soviet Union didn't happen until ninety one. Ninety one, but it was starting. I mean, yes, the, I mean but it was the, the, the yeah. The writing was on the wall at that point. I Absolutely, suppose. the writing was on the wall. Yep. Yeah, but that's the biggest quote of the year was from Reagan was "Tear that wall down." Yeah, I mean, there's so many quotes too. You know, you know, it's for a movie that I think people. I've almost forgotten about this movie. I certainly did. I did. And I'm very upset because we just finished 90 a couple months ago, our 90 podcast. And I saw this movie on the list, but I didn't. Just didn't get around to watch it. Had I did it, most definitely would have been one of my favorite movies of the year. I would have definitely taken a movie out of the list and put that one in because I probably did a throw in. Like I usually do one throw in. And I really wish I would have taken the time. But my biggest thing when I choose those kind of movies, when you get to the 80s and 90s, is anything over two hours, that's an investment. Yes, it is, absolutely. But sometimes the investment is worth it. Exactly. But you don't think about it, but you're just kind of like, man, if this is a bad, this does not age right, and it's over two hours, like, I really don't want any part of this. But I hate starting a movie and turning it off, but I've done it. But that's my whole thing with the 80s and 90s. Like, if it didn't age well, I don't want to be sitting there stuck at an hour and be like, I don't want this. Like, But this ages very well, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the visual, excellent. The acting, excellent. Like, the actors that they brought into this, primo. But, again... There's those movies in the 90s that you bring all the same thing into, like the visuals and the actors and this and that. And guess what? It did not age well. It was quite shit. And I can't give you an example right off the top of my head. Maybe you guys can. But it's just one of those things like that day. That was not good. That's true. There are some movies out there that, you know, you look at it and you cringe when you're watching them. And you think, oh, my God, it's the best movie ever. And the next thing you know, you're like, what? Yeah. And when you watch it at the time, and it just does not date well. Um, I think it's almost because of the cin- cinematography. If they try to cut 
corners, but this was not cut corners. I mean, honestly, $30 million budget yep. mm-hmm. is nothing to shake your, your, you know, finger at because the amount of actors that they got for this. Yeah. So most of these actors were not their first choice. Like Sean Connery wasn't Alec Baldwin wasn't even their first choice. They wanted Kevin Costner. And then when they found out they could get Harrison Ford for the other ones, they went with him and they left Alec, you know, it's a whole thing, you know, there yeah. were so many different, yeah, yeah, it would have put a even whole then, different turn in it. Yeah. It's a whole different, it would, would it have been just as good as a movie if we, if they had gotten the different players? I don't know. So this might be jumping ahead. Go ahead. But I just want to say it. So we have Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Who are the Jack Ryans? Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, and then Chris Pine were the movie and Jack then Ryans. The and then the fifth one was... Um, John Krasinski did yeah, the show. That, yep. This show yeah. was awesome. Which I didn't really... I watched the show more recently than I watched any of the movies, but they bring back... Like Greer, who's uh, God, um, uh, my um, uh, Darth Vader's voice. Why, why, James Earl Jones? Yes, that character plays heavily into the series, and they kind of give you a little bit of a backstory of Jack Ryan, where he was a Marine and got injured. In the show, they give a full backstory into what happened to him and why he does what he does and shit <coughs> which is the show is fucking fantastic oh i can't wait until we, we talk about that yeah we binge that in one day how many episodes is it i think there's there's two eight episode seasons i think okay yeah but yeah i like i never read any of the books so my biggest exposure to the character was from the show. And it's a very so interesting. Here's what I propose. And I'm just going to say it while we're talking right now. If we can get through. Like. The thing is, is if we're doing the show, maybe we should all start it now. Because we're going to have that week in five days. I'm in Washington. Well, we're not going to be through I'm the just movies saying, before like, we that should all, If we're going to do the show, we should probably all start watching I think it. we... I, the, I mean, not to debase the movie conversation, but I think we should do the show in half seasons. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think if we do the show, I just need to binge watch. Give us, like, uh, we can do it. In a week, two weeks. Yeah. I do season one, well, two we weeks. Well, we do four episodes. That's four hours. Yeah. They... So do that okay. one week. Then we do an off episode, and then we go okay, back I and see finish. Okay, we're doing it. that. So that's boom, boom. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Gotcha. I wasn't yep. sure how we were gonna do it, but that makes sense. Four and four and four and four. And... Yeah. Okay. Okay. That works. Yeah. I was trying to figure that out in my head, like what we were thinking. We're doing a whole season, or. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. okay. But I like, I mean, back to the movie, the way they set it up where you don't quite clearly know the intention of. Uh, Him. Yeah, 
I forgot what his name is. Connery's character. Uh, it is Remius. Rain, Remius. I can never. Yeah. Remius. Well, Remius. He kills that guy. And that's where you Monk? know, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, is the- he actually going rogue or? But like, he did it for a reason because they're trying to go, what do you call that, direct? Defect. 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 And so, like, they, one guy wants to live in Montana. The other guy wants to live in Maine or some shit. It's like. And then they find out, like, you don't know what the hell is going on. And then you realize, oh, shit, they made a special submarine that you cannot detect. And mm-hmm. that that is kind of like a whole thing. It was like, wow. Like, they went in the whole engineer part of it. It's like, well, this part sucks up through here and this does that. I'm like, that's pretty smart. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know much about how sonar works, but technically and it made sense off i mean offhand i guess like, if you're in you that can't track if them. you're in that field you're like no that's bullshit call them out but it made sense to me they did a good job bullshitting me <laughs> well you know and it's just the whole point you know there like you said there's just all this different subterfuge and you don't know what's going on if he's really defecting he's trying to stage something or he's maybe trying to make the americans think he's defecting but he's going to go ahead and blow them up and they'll eventually is re- revealed that the reason why he wanted to fuck and take the red october with him because he believed it was supposed to be used for a preemptive strike yeah yeah that's kind of cool and then you got the at the end where i'm jump i'm i'm, I'm I think well, I'm we jumping can jump ahead all here. over because this movie. Is, okay. That's the thing is, if you're listening to this podcast, you know we're spoiling the shit out of it, and you should not be listening to it anyhow. So that, we can jump wherever we want to. It's okay. Um, and you got you. You know, he tells he tells the whole entire crew the ones that aren't in on it, the ones that he thinks aren't in on it, are to get to go up and put some in the lifeboats because of the whole nuclear reactor thing going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. He keeps his officers with him, but then of course you have that cook who's really an undercover secret moly thing going on, whatever you want to call it. And that whole thing happens, but then that second submarine shows up. And they, you know, you know, so there's that whole maneuvering around and eventually, you know, the cook gets killed, Jack Ryan, all this is happening. And the one sub gets blown up by the Red October, but you know, Ramius's crew that's in lifeboats thinks that they think their captain is still a hero because he blew right. the sub up without he letting it get taken. The boat yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, you met the cook earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. like, you, nobody's, I, I didn't. I remembered it after the second viewing, but first time watching it, nobody gave a second thought to that scene when he took the fucking key off of the dead guy's body and called him in to witness it. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. he asked him whatever that guy, his position was like, how many KGB or spies are on this fucking ship? Exactly. He was like, the, and, it, was that Sam Neill's character? No, Sam Neill was the second in command who got shot. Second in command. Yeah. He's the I was one trying to figure it out. I like him as an actor. He's great. He's under. He is definitely underrated. <laughs> he most certainly way is underrated. underrated. Way, yeah, because 
I see him in so many different, even TV shows. I think I've seen him in. He's been in some TV. And one of those. Sure, yeah. Well, that one of the most underrated sci-fi movies that I'm that I think is Event Horizon. Oh, I love Event Horizon. That movie is so underrated for sure. Yeah, and that one actually kind of holds up well. But it'd be it'd be awesome to see him do a remake of that to see how much more they could do. Absolutely. I. Yeah. That one is kind of like on my what we should probably remake that to see what you could do. Yeah. yeah. Because it bombed, but then kind of turned into a cult classic. And... Yep, absolutely. And once again, underrated actor. But okay, so, you know, and it's amazing. And you, I mean, okay, then I'm going back to this. So I'm trying to like, you know, you, you're thinking Marco, Marco, Marcus, Marcus, Marco, Marco Remius, that would, I can't remember. Sean Connery's ca- character. <laughs> yeah. Let's okay. just go by actors' names. It's easy. Okay. Sean Connery. Sean Connery character he sets this up but you just gotta like wonder how did he get a hold of everyone in the first place who did he know to contact that's what just you know i feel like the book there was not explained... enough information they made it they yeah. they had to cut it down at two hours and 15 minutes because they didn't want to go longer than they should have the yeah, book that explains was more in the book, a yeah. lot more like hey yeah. this is what he knew so what did he know like Explain the book part, like. Well, you know, he, he, you know, he's always, it's because they know of each other, you know, everyone knows how did they know how to get a hold of Jack? Well, not Jack Rain in general, but how did he know how to defect? It is kind of hard because even then they gloss over it in the movie, but in the book, it's like, it's almost like he just, this is who he contacted. This is how he did the subterfuge. This is how he did it. And you have to like look at the little steps. He has been making these contacts or these acquaintances as far as I understand, if I remember the book correctly, because it's been a while since I read the book, for years. Because yeah. all subcommanders know of each other. They know it's kind of like its own little secret world out there. Right. And it I think that's what got lost between the book to movie translation is it seemed like Jack Ryan was working on hunches that he yeah. was defecting. Like he had, he was not certain in any way. Form well, no, he said it's a 50 50 chance that he's going to go. Starboard he was going to do the or whatever that, yeah, called. whatever that. Move I thought was. that starboard or whatever, but he's like, Rogue. yeah, I, Rogue. Yeah, he's like, I just, it was a 50 50. I just said that and he did it. So that's, it worked. And that's yeah. where he was trying not to get the um, shot at. He was trying to get everybody safe. And that's just, I don't know. And that's one thing about Sean Connery's character is he did not recognize him. And the other guy knew, like, Jack Ryan knew who he was. Like, oh, yeah. like Well, Jack Ryan had built a file on him for a year or something. Mm -hmm. He knew everything about Mm -hmm. him. He's just a Russian analyst. Well, yeah, I understand that part. But, like, how do you not recognize a face? Like... Hey, I met you and your wife at this and this. Event. I mean, at one event ten years ago in Leningrad, there's yeah, six hundred people there. I mean, there's no way he would probably. I guess I get that. Yeah, I just yeah. recognize faces. That's who how I am as a person. If I saw a face, and then I'd be like, I know you from somewhere, but I don't know where. But, but everybody's yeah. different. 
I almost feel like this first introduction. Hold on, let me sneeze here for a second. Okay, I better. <laughs> Sorry, um, outside by the pollen, you know how that is. Um, I yep. feel like I almost feel like this movie. I know it's a Jack Ryan series. Love everyone. It's still Sean Connery's movie to me. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know he's, he's the elder statesman of the cast, absolutely. That that was the selling point, no doubt, was yeah. Sean Connery. I think that's why, I mean, to me, it is a Jack Ryan vehicle, but to me, it more, it's it's all about Sean Connery's character. Yeah. But it is, it's a good introduction to the next two, next two movies, which would be... Um, Patriot Games and Clear and Present, or is it the other way around? I'm trying. To I'm not that. sure the order, but they're yeah. both Harrison Ford, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which will be good. It'll be really good. Yeah, I. I don't know. These are. Cool. This is a great action film. A lot. I don't know. Action, war. Uh, a bit of espionage, a bit of mystery, like yeah. you don't really know. <clears throat> and like we just previously said, like <clears throat> the biggest well, thing the biggest thing to me is that non explanation. Like why is Sean Connery doing what he's doing? How does he know what he's doing? Like you know, like the guy in charge he killed, like, he, they both have the keys for the missile launch and the safe and this and that. Like, why didn't his crew turn on him? Because he killed somebody and they found out. Like, not... The crew didn't know. No, not the crew, but, like, the, the board. Like, when they're all in that room, like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? I mean, when like, they're having like the yeah, like meeting. yeah, like all of them could have just like turned on him and killed him right then and there. Because then everybody was probably gonna die. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you're all in or you're not in at all. Kind of. Thing. And I mean, there's a lot of people that were like debating him and his decision. So I understand that, but yeah, I mean. And they're Russian, so it's a whole different thing going on there. Um, I mean, not that I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not comparing this movie to this movie, but I am at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? It kind of like the tension of being in the sub and not knowing what's gonna happen. Hunter Killer. Mm-hmm. And, and where everyone's familiar with this, right? Yeah. Okay, you know we got you know, you know he's. Oh, oh my God! Is he defecting? Up. Is he not? De- well, is he defecting? Is he not defecting? You know how that is. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, you know, be that enclosed space. That's why I think the sub is almost the perfect setting because you can't escape. You can't escape from your own doubts. You can't escape from doubting someone else. You don't know where to go, and you don't know how to escape. Yeah. That's why being in a sub is almost perfectly perfect. That makes sense. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Have either of you actually like like I went on a like walkthrough of a sub. Mm-hmm. Have you have you guys yes. done that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I did it in Alabama, I think, when on one of our trips to Florida when I was in middle or high school, and 
it seems so much tighter than what yes. it seemed like on the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they're not really. I mean, yeah, sure, uh, it's a movie of, set, of, but of course, but it, it it just looked. I could not be. But granted, I think I was on like a sub that was during World War Two or something. So yeah, that was, was a they probably one. different. It was like one that they it wasn't had. a nuclear sub. Exactly. <clears throat> but yeah. no, like, could you imagine being in one of those underneath water for X amount of days? I'd kill somebody. Weeks and months at a time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, there would be murder on my mind, and that's all that would be going through my mind. And I think that's what helps or, I don't want to say hints or makes it, goes to the hysteria and also helps with the hysteria moments that they're trying to intensify is to show this is, you know, it becomes maddening. You don't know what to do. You don't know who to trust. You don't, it makes you think. It, the claustrophobia. The, the, the claustrophobia, yeah. isolate, I mean, we just finished up Alien. It kind of has the same feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And I think that's why, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the Tom Clancy thrillers, you want to call them thrillers, espionage thrillers, yeah. use that um, tightness where they're in the plane. You know, uh, that's clear and present danger, or is it? Yeah, clear and present danger, they're in the plane, remember? Well, I'm getting waited. I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyhow, he likes to use tight, confined spaces because it makes the audience or the reader feel the tension and the tension mounts because it's a perfect opportunity to have characters develop in close proximity to each other and play off each other better. Yeah. And I mean, there's no better way to build tension than an isolated situation. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was per Yeah. So I think the setting that he chose for this is awesome. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm... Like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to say it like this. Not my type of movie. A, war. It wasn't war. Though. Not war, but you know what I'm saying? That war kind of theme kind of-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I classify yeah. it as an ish, I guess. But it's a great flick. Like, there's the action, mystery, and all that. And I'm more of a thriller, horror, comedy kind There's of a some thriller aspects. To there this is, movie. and that's what makes this all right. Like, not enough thriller, but just enough to make it a good movie. Like, there's that mysteryness, and yeah, I am so happy to see a 1990 film. I'm just gonna repeat myself here real quick, but that is actually aged very well and mm-hmm. it's worth watching. Oh, like I say this film is a once every two years. I waited too long to do it. Like it's not a once a year kind of thing, but it's one that you should probably put on every now and then just to check out. I mean, it's a good movie. I, yeah, I, I, one point I did want to make that, the idea of giving Alec Baldwin a gun who didn't seem to be all that familiar with it is so fucking ironic. 
today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, I I know where you're going with that. I mean, I I know where you're going with that. God damn it. What the fuck? Yeah. Shit. (laughs) There's there's just too much there. I mean, he did look... I mean, not that we're, like, tearing apart his character, because, yeah, he did play it really well. Yes, But at the same time, you're absolutely correct. It's almost like he... It he looked tensed, forced, holding the gun. Well, I mean, they make a point to say he was a marine, and he just—they made a point almost to make him seem like he's uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now, with everything yeah. that's happened, like fuck, <laughs> irony. And then Definitely. another point I wanted to make is. How do you, I've always thought about this when you make a movie like, not just this, but Schindler's List or anything. How how do you think this movie plays in Russia? Oh. Like, I have always wondered how, like, Schindler's List specifically, when I watched that, back when it came out, I'm like, how do German people feel about this movie? Well, actually, I can say for my aunt and, you know, my uncle over there, they watched it because they don't hide from their past. You know, it's yeah. they still have their monuments and stuff up and they still remember that there was atrocities that happened. I mean, they don't immortalize it, but at the same time, they don't try to eradicate it. Uh, for Hunt for Red October, I don't believe it played in the... Yeah, the I, USSR or Russia until like five years later. Or no, it definitely didn't. Yeah. But and this one again isn't as. I mean, it's not based in history like Schindler's List was, but it doesn't paint paint the Russians in a positive light. No. Yeah. So I always wondered, not just this and just movies in general, that there's always a villain country. How do yeah. they? react to a movie that paints them in a horrible light well that's a yes that actually is a really good question because it's got to be hard because you know it's not the people it's right the government or the military or whatever it may be but i just that's something i always think about when i watch a movie that has like an actual villain so to speak okay yeah. That is there. Yeah. I don't know. It, it is. I always think about that. And... It, it makes sense. It really does. It really does. I don't know. I. <clears throat> yeah. That's one interesting podcast we ever did Schindler's List. <laughs> I mean, it. That'd be, that's a hard, that would be a hard podcast. Oh, that would be real hard. It made my list for that year, but I didn't rewatch it because I really didn't want to. It's, it's tough. It, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard one for me to watch. Oh, it's well because you're, yeah. I'm German. I mean, it's, so it's just a hard movie in general to watch, regardless. Of... Yeah. I mean, my aunt Rosa was actually in a concentration camp because she helped a Jewish girl, and she got stuck in one for like six months. So it's. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of history there, too. You know, I still have family over there, and they're, you know. But that is a hard watch for me, and just in general, because you want 
you know it's an important movie, but it just rips the Band-Aid off along with the scab at the same time. Yes, it does. I only watched it one time, and that's one time too many, but not really, you know, if I'm saying, like, it's a good movie. You got to watch it once, but I don't think you can watch it twice. Yeah. That'd be a good idea for another podcast. Movies that you have to watch at least once, but you don't know if you can get another one out of you because they're just so gut Not gut-rutching, but just it could be because they're so gross or disgusting or you know arachophobia because yeah, yeah. watch that the one that's interesting um, that's uh, an interesting idea for sure yeah i like that yeah. idea actually maybe we should do that next time <laughs> a movie that you know you had to watch for once because it it it's i mean do it, we rewatch you, it or we just try to reminisce what we remember in the whole no we should force our we should force ourselves force to watch yourself it again. Through one. yeah oh mm-hmm. god i'm gonna have nightmares for a week <laughs> Actually, that's a good idea. You know, there's a couple movies out there that I made sure I watched, but I don't know. If I just have oh, never watched them again. That one where the daughters were getting raped. Oh no, there that was that one was tough. It was Flowers in the Attic or yeah, something. I oh think my... that might be an '87 film, but fuck me, yeah. No, that's... and there's that cult one though that I'm thinking of too, like. I mean, there's several out there. Oh that my are God! Tough there's so <laughs> even um, house on the last house last on the left. Last house on the left is a tough one. Oh my one. God! Yeah, that that scene will never get out of my head. I think this list off like uh, what Silent House, Silent House, Mother. Oh, Mother! Yeah. Yep. Even Requiem for a Dream. Well, for me out. especially, yeah, that one's yeah. tough to watch. I think what we're doing next is what we got this going now. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get back to the one we're doing right now. We yeah. need to go back there for a second. Okay. So we just talked about. We talked about hard, and then we talked about watching that movie in Russia if you're a Russia person. But okay. So yeah. any other points right now? I don't have much more to say about this movie besides is like. Is this the long running movie of um <coughs> I mean it's streaming on Showtime right now. Okay. If anyone wants to know. Yeah, we yeah. got it on Plex, but um I mean it's one of those movies, like I said, like I don't have much more to say. Right. Like it was mostly like them just in a submarine and some stuff's been going on, and then there's a lot of mystery thriller, and then he finds stuff out towards the end. But again, I didn't read the book, so the stuff that I had questions about is answered in the books. So, yeah, I would be curious. Like I'm not a war expert, but how accurate it is to how. Like actual submarine warfare is done. Like you try and get in their backdraft and then shoot them from behind, and all all, all that shit works. That I'd be interested to know how accurate it was. Well, I did pull that. I did pull one thing up here. Let me pull it up real fast again. Let me talk about something else. Here we go. Um. The U. The U.S. Navy cooperated fully. 
and expensively with Paramount, at least in part because of Top Gun. Um, Mar Mar Mace Newfield met with resistance when he first approached the Navy for help, but several admirals were fans of Clancy novels and they appreciated Paramount's Top Gun had done for the Navy jet fires. In Nofeld's worlds, the Navy eventually decided that the hunt for Red October would be a good way of showing taxpayers where their money was going. Tax dollars were not used to make the movie, though, and Navy charged millions for the use of its equipment, personnel, and so forth. That's right, because Top Gun was Paramount also, wasn't it? Yep, it was. Interesting. The Navy gave filmmakers access to real subs. Yep. So, but that's not where the interiors were filmed. So, I mean, it shows that they did a lot with them. So, that's good. That's good to know that they worked with them really close. And I heard Top Gun's fucking making it. It's awesome. Yeah. We got to do it. That's on my list of things to do if I ever have some more time off. I mean, I'm down here doing this, but... I yeah. might go to the theater Sunday for that. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, somebody asked me from work. I'm like, I might. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Might have to do it with Jim. You never know. It's yeah. on the list. Exactly. It's on my list. But yeah. anything else for me to say about the spooky? I mean... Like I said, like to me, it was just a lot of stuff going on in the submarine that is doesn't really need to be brought up because I didn't understand. But like you were talking about, like the um, uh, here's uh, a little the, thing: the bombs or whatever. Uh, what do you call those? The, the nuclear yeah. missiles. Yeah. Now, radiation, or whatever they said that was going off, like, it's, like... Yeah, it, they didn't do a good explanation of that. Of how like did people they... People are affected? Like, that was the one thing I wanted to bring up. Like, well, it's a nuclear sub, so if the nuclear reactor cracks, it's going to be, be like having Chernobyl, a meltdown. essentially. Yep. Yes. Yep. But they faked that, and they didn't really explain how. Yeah. Just that it was fake to get all the crew off the sub so the defectors could defect essentially. Yeah. Which I, Which, I mean, don't. I'm sure they explained it more in the book, but I didn't need an explanation in the movie. Yeah. It's just. Again, everything that the answers I probably needed are in the book, but I did not read the book. So. Okay. Well, here's a little sound. Remember, it did win for sound editing. So let's just talk about a little sound editing tidbit for you. Um, creating the right ping sound took forever. Sound designer Frank Serafine told American Cinematographer that he and his team must have created 500 pings before director, the director found one he liked. The radar ping was manufactured electronically electronically using sine waves and reverb, but other sound effects were recorded from real sources. For example, the squeals and groans from the submarine under stress were taken from the sound of Disneyland Space Mountain roller coaster as it goes around turns. So, I mean, you kind of, I mean, you think about this, it's kind of cool. I mean, so, you know, it won for sound editing and I mean, it's not whatever sound or whatever. Yeah. It's taken from Disneyland. <laughs> Everything goes little... back to Disney. Oh, it man. goes back to Disney. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, at that point, you just got to be creative. I remember listening to a documentary on the sounds of Star Wars, where 
I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was just some asshole running his hand through a comb. Just... And they used that for the sound of a TIE fighter or something. I don't remember exactly what, but you got to be creative when doing yeah. shit like that, especially back then. Yeah, because you were limited on everything you needed to do. Like, makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense that the U.S. military wouldn't let you use the actual sounds of their equipment. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be, I need to go back and look at what this movie was up against Oscar-wise because, I mean, I, I don't not see Sean Connery not getting, like, a Best Supporting Nom or... I mean, visual shit, sure, but... Yeah, I didn't get anything else. It was all, like, behind-the-scenes shit. Yeah, and if I remember right, 90 was strong. 90 was pretty strong, if I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah, 90 was very strong, so... Yeah, yeah. He's got some good quotes. I mean, did you... I mean, do we... The one... (coughs) I mean, I guess one of my favorite quotes is... You know, Captain Vasili, he's like, I will live in Montana. I will marry around American woman and raise rabbits. Yep. <laughs> and she will, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, the little banter back and forth, you know, fuel status says we turn back right now. Fuel status. You know, it's kind of like little things like that, you know, just going back and forth. There's a little bit quote. in there, too, where like on his first plane ride out, he's like, I can't sleep with turbulence. Yeah. Then he goes through the whole fucking ordeal, and then on his flight back, he's knocked out. Like turbulence yeah. doesn't matter anymore. He's been through some shit. Yeah. I mean, he does. Um, Captain Ramus Remus makes one quote. He says, "And the sea will grant each man new hope, and the sleep brings dreams of home." Which this Christopher Columbus said that, and he says, "Welcome to the new world, sir." Yeah, and even yeah. before yeah. that, like. His wife's book, he had the Oppenheimer mm-hmm. quote, mm-hmm. which I can't remember offhand. I'm that's gonna bug the shit out of me now. I'm no. the oh, fuck me because he was he was reading about the end of days. Now I become death, the destroyer of worlds. That was underlined in it because he's unlike a first. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Yeah, I have no fucking clue what you're trying to say. He was reading Revelation and Oppenheimer's quote, implying that he was ending the world. Yep. Okay. We reach. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. yeah. Are we ready to rate? I'm ready to rate. Um, I'm gonna go with an eight. Eight flat. Eight flat. I mean, I think it was a strong film. It aged well, and I think eight's like the perfect number. What did they do? They chose like eighty-eight percent. Eighty-eight percent. IMDb was, IMDb was Metacritic was only 58 which was like stupid I thought yeah I don't know where the hell they got those numbers. yeah I think the IMDb was like a high seven yeah uh seven six 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Eight's great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I would. Yeah, I'm. I can't re. I wish I could remember the other ones because I don't want to start too low or too high compared to the Harrison Ford ones. Yeah. I thought those were good too. And that's a valid point because let's just say we have the re- we have the right. We, we reserve the right to change. No, we have the right to we reserve the right to change one other movie score if we need to. Okay, mm. I like that. So okay. one, yeah, we get one. One, change. not all of them. We can't like re, yeah. you know. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So with that in mind, I will give this a seven and a half. And that's you know that's a very good one considering we're looking at 1990, whatever. And I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna agree and do the eight. Because it's Sean Connery. Yeah, that's my thing. There's, there's just, there's something in my head that makes me think that one of, one of the Harrison Ford ones is better. And if I have to go to like eight two or eight three, then I, I like the idea of a mulligan if we need it. Yeah, Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, There's one mulligan. It's like golf. Exactly. Get one mulligan. Yeah. All right. So the next time, next week, we're doing. A movie that we we made ourselves watch because we had to watch it because whether it was like iconic or it's a must watch, but we had a hard time watching it. We have to watch it again. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. that's gonna be a tough one, but I like the I like the it, well, premise. It, it, it's a good premise, you know. Whether or not you personally didn't like it, but you know you had to watch it because it's like on the top AFI one hundred films of all time. You're like. Eh. And there's there's several stipulations you could go on that. Like, I watched it once and it fucked me up for whatever reason, or it's one of the best movies and you couldn't watch it again. There's several ways you can go with that. I like it. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like that one. We have that's a good one that we came up with. This one, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, I have next week, like Thursday and Friday. All right. Well, Fridays usually work out best for me because I have the next day off. So good, 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 good. We'll do that. All right. Still loving it. Still loving it. All right. Well, enjoy your time at the lake. Yep. Have, I will. Have a good time. Have a have a great time tomorrow too. Bye. Oh yeah. See ya. Well. Shit got a little loose. Hopefully you understood everything. Whether or not you agree or disagree with our take on the movies, hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. So come back for more... Booze Booze and and bullshit. Bullshit.